Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name is Aaron, this is Caleb. We're just uh, grateful to be with you guys today on Cedar Point Church's fastest growing podcast where we are real raw, um, <laughs> sometimes irrelevant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes irreverent um, and relational. Uh, but uh, we're just uh, excited about today, today's episode, just uh, spending some time with you guys um, as we go over um, a book. Um, and it's one, I'll be honest, I have not read it. I know Caleb has. Um, I spend you know, most of my time reading God's Word um, rather than secular literature, um, like my, my counterpart here. Uh, well, some of us uh, need to spend more time in the Word than others because sometimes those messages are just going over our heads. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I seem to get it the first time. Yeah. Well, no, I just say I got to keep reading it, you yeah. know. So, and uh, eventually, you know, I'm going to learn my numbers and colors too. So, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Caleb, uh, since I can't, because I have no idea. Um, what, yeah, he doesn't know what's going on. I don't know what's what going else on. is new. Yeah. I mean, this is well, our normal operator. Yeah, it so. is. It truly is. So, <laughs> if, you, if you would introduce the book. Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking, because, um, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it before. There's, you know, a lot of people don't, it's not just a here and here who is mildly illiterate. Um, <laughs> so, but a lot of people just don't read books in general. We've talked about that before, and I thought, you know, and I've brought this, uh, brought this book up a number of times, and we're also, you know, needing some content. So I thought yeah. this is a perfect Venn diagram of this will make a good episode. And so, so is this one? Is this <clears throat> Green Eggs and Ham? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so this book is, uh, like I said, this one we've talked about, I've talked about it a few different times. It was called 12 Rules for Life. It's by Jordan Peterson. And, um, so what we're going to do is... The football player, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he plays for the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, he obviously easily forgettable because he plays for the Cowboys, but, um, <clears throat> anywho, that's not true. Anybody. <laughs> Um, I mean, the Cowboys being forgettable is true, but uh, I'm just doing that for one of our faithful listeners. But uh, no, Jordan Peterson, he's a psychiatrist, um, and uh, he's he's a pretty popular guy, uh, does a lot of stuff for um, young men, especially kind of helping kind of reaches that demographic really well. Anyway, in this book, though, he talks about this is 12 rules for life, and he just talks about these kind of 12 principles that. are uh, things that we should we should be doing, and this isn't just just men. We can we can apply this uh, regardless of, of you know male female. And um, also, there's a lot of things in this, and this is why this book has come up a lot in our podcast is because there's a lot of stuff in here that, I mean, as we go through these, you're going to hear us start talking about stuff that we've talked about before um, because um, you know there's a lot of overlap here. And so what we're going to do today is we're just going to go through, um, six of them because at least we're going to shoot for six. We, we can, we can be a little chatty sometimes. Six or four, <laughs> six or four, maybe we'll see what happens. Um, because yeah, I don't think we get through all 12 plus I didn't summarize all 12 this morning when I was putting this together. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think one of these rules is don't procrastinate. It should be. <laughs> he did write another book. Maybe that's in that book. Uh, you should not reading it, right? It's tw- yeah, I haven't had time. To, I haven't got around to reading it yet. But it's 12 more rules for living or life. Um, but anyway, so so we're going to talk about this. And so if you've ever heard of this book, you know, now you, now you don't have to actually read it. Which he is kind of a tough read, I will say. I mean, I've read through it, and I was just like, man, this guy. He, he, he writes like he talks, and if you've ever heard his interviews, he... He takes some, con- you have to concentrate to, to follow this guy. He's a very <laughs> smart guy. So, 
Anyway, so let's get on with number one. Uh, rule number one, stand up straight with your shoulders back. And so this principle, he talks about um, uh, lobsters, okay? And so he's talking about how he tries to relate us to lobsters, and he talks about in in the, the lobster kingdom there's a hierarchy, uh, and, and that the lobsters who, you know, uh, move around with their, their claws up are more dominant, and just by posture – they, they can establish dominance within their hierarchy. And because of that, they, they get, you know, more, uh, more of the ladies and, and that kind of thing. And because of that, then they get more, it, it, it becomes a reinforcing cycle. And um, humans, just like lobsters, we all have, there's, there's hierarchies in how we operate and move and function in society. And so um, by, just by being aware of our posture, um, standing up straight with your head up, your shoulders back, it, it, it creates a sense of self-confidence. And that's what really kind of the principle behind this one is, is that having self-confidence helps you to succeed more at life. And so, and then just by doing something as simple as, you know, having, you know, better posture, standing upright, or maybe presenting yourself in a, in a more put together fashion. This is a conversation I'm having a lot in my household right now. I have two 15 year old boys Right. And if you remember, if you were ever a 15 year old boy or you've been around them, you know that they uh, they don't really put a lot of care and attention into their appearance. Yeah. <laughs> and so we actually went to a thing last night. Um, it was a, a retirement party. And um, um, I'm having to tell them, like, hey, you need to go comb your hair. Well, why? I don't need to comb my hair because you need to look nice. You know, and I always tell them, I always, anytime I encourage my kids, I'm like, listen, you need to look nice. I always try to explain it to them. Like, listen, this is not about trying to impress other people. It's about you presenting yourself as somebody who has, you know, as somebody that's put together. Um, because you, you want to, you want to project that out into the yeah. world. You don't <laughs> want to be a slob because if you look that way, you know, that's, that's how people are going to think about you, but that's also how you're going to think about you. And so, you know. You know, they kind of go do a half-hearted effort at, you know, combing their hair. I'm like, come here, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> look, you, you need one part. <laughs> That's a straight line, you know. Um, you know, we want, we want this to actually look like we put effort into it. And, um, but that's, that speaks to this principle here is that, um, you know, as you, if, if you, you present yourself well, it, it gives you confidence. And, and that confidence projects out. And, and then your, act, your interactions with other people are going to project confidence and and you know you're you're going to experience more success people are going to uh, interact with you a different way if you project success versus you know the alternative right? yeah we had a guy um he came to the church yesterday i spent some time with him and took him with me to tulsa and everything um but he had gotten to town on monday um and he was uh he was a homeless gentleman and you wouldn't know it by by looking at him um, you know, he was very clean cut, uh, wearing a nice polo actually, and, you know, clean clothes on and, um, you know, put together and, um, you know, I'm kind of talking to him, you know, Claremore, which is where we're at, um, does not have a history of being really friendly to transients. Um, <laughs> um so I was kind of talking to him like, yeah, have you been harassed much? And he's like, no, I, you know, I haven't had any cops mess with me or, or anything like that. And then I'm like. And then kind of that thought came to me. It's like, oh, yeah, because you're 
you're put together and you don't yeah. you don't look yeah. like you know you're living on the streets right now and uh, he's like yeah i've had a, a few people comment on that and i'm like well keep it up you know and um, I did help him out beyond that. <laughs> we'll get into that. You look nice. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> yeah, have a good one. Uh, Godspeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, because it, it matters. It matters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just, uh, it, it doesn't only, like Caleb said, it doesn't only help the way that people interact with you, but the way that you interact with people. Um, you know, I've, I've ran into other people in similar situations and it's kind of like they, they take that whole persona to a different level. And, and I can't imagine the difficulty of living on the street. I've never had to do it for a prolonged period of time or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, all of those tasks become infinitely harder. Um, but I've, I've met the guys who, um, don't focus their time on that, their energy and, they are the ones that come to me and be like, man, the cops in this town are terrible. They won't ever leave me alone. They're they're on me all the time. Yeah. I can't get a job. Um, this guy's already employed. He's been here since Monday. He's got a job. Um, you know, and yeah. I've met the other ones like, yeah, I've been, been trying to get a job for weeks. And um, well, what's the difference? Um, this guy, I can tell you right now, I mean, I had a very long conversation. He was in the vehicle with me for hours as we rode around doing different stuff. I mean, he wasn't educated. He's not a college grad. He has a rough home life. His past is a wreck. He's got tattoos, um, you know, and things that um, you can just look at him. He's got a substance abuse issue um, and in all of this. So so what set him apart? The way that he projects himself in society. Mm -hmm. um, he was able to come into town uh, immediately <laughs> and gain employment and start moving um, in the direction that he wants to go while he's here. Um, and so it's, it's so important, again, to to address the way that you dress, the way that you present yourself and the way that you uh, um, project in, in our culture. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, the, you, and he talks about this in the book, and I'm not going to nerd out on it too much, but there's actually hormonal things that will happen based on, on how you project yourself and, and how when you, when you have interactions in which you kind of win, it releases chemicals that reinforce um, that self-confidence. And so as you, you know, as you project confidence – then, then things start to, like Aaron was talking about with this gentleman, this, things start to move in your favor. And when those things move in your favor, it reinforces the idea of being more confident and winning, you know, kind of that win um, in those social interactions. And um, it just helps to get the ball rolling for you. And so um, <clears throat> I, I was thinking when you were talking about that, there's another guy, a person that comes to, that has come to, come to recovery um, for a while, uh, at least they used to. And, and um, anytime they came in, I could always tell just by the way they walked if if they had relapsed, if they were coming because they were doing well, or they're coming because they had relapsed, it, just because of the way they walked. Oh yeah. And the way they, you know, I was like, oh yeah, he he's relapsed. Yeah. Well, we had a guy come in on this Monday, and um, yeah, he was like a, a beat chihuahua, mm -hmm. and it's like, dude, you're you're not. And, and I'll be honest, as a man, like I struggle. You know, I try to be pastoral, um, but <laughs> you talk about hierarchy in society. Uh, for men, if you present yeah. yourself that way to another man, it's hard for us. Yeah. It's hard for it's us the, not uh, to. <laughs> it's the scene from The Godfather, at the very beginning, where he, uh, where Don Corleone takes the uh, Johnny Fontaine, the singer guy, and he slaps him around. He's like, be a man. Yeah. Do you know what? Have you seen Godfather? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he starts crying about, oh, I can't get this part. And he just picks him up. 
Now, I do want to I want to <laughs> share a, a quote real quick. It's uh, from a great theologian, uh, Ricky Bobby. Uh, <laughs> he said, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I wake up in the morning and, and I pee excellence. He used a different word there, but I'm trying to grow. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's kind of kind of arrogant, but, I mean, that's – we shouldn't say that, you know, put that on people. Right. But, um, I mean, that is kind of the picture of just that attitude changes your entire dynamic. Um, I'm the kind of guy, uh, and I know Caleb is too, we're never presented with issues. It's like, I can't, I can't do that. Um, I, I rarely in my mind think that I can't accomplish something. Yeah. I don't ever think, that. um, yeah, <laughs> I, I say rarely, I mean, honestly, nothing comes yeah. to mind where I'm like, I, I couldn't ever do that. Now the reality is I'm sure there's plenty of things I can't do. Um, but I just won't face them that way. You know, I'm, I'm not going to come in like the whip chihuahua. Yeah. Um, I'm going to come in way more confident than I should be, um, tackle an issue. I maybe have no business even addressing. Um, and I'll be honest, I've, I've had that conversation with my kids and more often than not, it's within our capability. It's yeah. just that mindset of I can do this or I can't. Um, and I forget who said this, but it's uh, whether you think you can or think you can't either way. You're, you're right. right. Yeah. Uh, that was Ford. Yeah. yeah you know, Ford? I was thinking Ford. Yeah. So, yeah, um, no, I'm the same way, you know, and, and again, that sounds like arrogance, but it's it's not, I'm confident in my abilities to, to, to be able to understand and learn something. Now, I'm not, you know, being able to say, I know I can do this doesn't mean I'm not going to struggle at it, or maybe no. I'm not going to do it as good as somebody else could. Or subject yourself um, to the wisdom of others. Yeah. And we're going to do all of those things. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, a, but that's actually a psychological principle behind that is that if you go oh, i can't do that when the new brain goes okay good you yeah. know now i know and and your brain goes your brain is processing so many different things that you don't even you can't even comprehend it would actually overwhelm you if your brain would allow you to kind of be it's kind of like um oh evan almighty uh, or bruce almighty that was the first one with jim carrey the movie where he bruce almighty is the jim carrey one i don't yeah, know yeah. which one came first but. yeah it was that one and and when he first gets kind of the the god capabilities and it overwhelms him because yeah. he's hearing everything and he can't do anything because it's just and that's how your brain would be is that if and so we we filter a lot of stuff out our brain does our brain goes this isn't all this other stuff's not important so i'm not going to focus on it so then when you go well i can't do this and your brain goes okay good i can filter that out yeah. and so your brain just stops working on that that issue but if you always think well i can you know do this you know it's it may be a matter of you know how do i how do i figure out how to do this now your brain's going to continue to work on that problem and help you to solve it but if you just shut it down so oh, i can't do this so i never ever go at anything and say now I may eventually arrive at that conclusion. Like I'm not sure I can, you know, do, accomplish this thing in the way, you know, in a way that makes sense or is is feasible for me. But it's only after I've, you know, evaluated that problem. But anyway, um, so there's one thing in the in this this section of the book he says, and I, I liked it. I'm going to um, get us back here on this uh, where we were at there. But uh, he Jordan Peterson says, attend carefully to your posture. Quit drooping and hunching around. Speak your mind. Put your desires forward as you had. As if you had a right to them, at least the same right as others, which is something I think we, we sometimes we forget. Is like, you know, we're we're all interacting in society, and whether we like it or not, that's just kind of the way it is. There is kind of this dominance hierarchy thing that we have to kind of operate in, and and we have a right to put forth kind of our our desires and wants, the same as everybody else. We don't have to be doormats, you know. And so, um, you know, so so watch your posture, stand up straight, put your shoulders back. So that's number one. 
Yeah, we may get to just four. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. And so this one almost, you know, sounds kind of counter to what we, we know in the Bible, right? We love others as we love ourselves. <clears throat> but in, in the biblical standpoint, that's almost like, well, we're talking about self-interest, right? Now, we don't have any problems putting our own self-interest as far as like self-preservation or doing the thing that's best for us. But what he's talking about here in the book is that, you know, most people will, um, he, he quotes some stats is that, uh, like if you take a hundred people that are prescribed a medication, I want to say, um, like 85% <coughs> won't even fill the prescription. And then like it's, it gets down to like 20% like take, actually take it. And, and then even if that out of those that take it, don't take it as prescribed because they, they just, we don't take care of ourselves, right? We don't, and that's what he's talking about. He's like, <clears throat> now if our dog got sick and we took it to the vet and they prescribed the dog medication, we would we would bend over backwards to make sure that our dog Some got, of us would. Some of us would. Yeah, that's what I was kind of, I'm like, when I was reading this, I was like, well, it depends on how much this, this sickness is going to cost me. Yeah. I know? won't tell the story of the sickly cat that yeah, we had in the don't. country. Please don't. Um, yeah, especially <laughs> in the country. I know where that's going to go. Um, <clears throat> But right, so so most of us, most of us, uh, other than Aaron, who's heartless, no. my wife is too. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm 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 heartless after a certain, you know, after monetary dollar, point. Yeah, after a dollar amount, <laughs> I did take a yeah. We did have a dog that was having a disc issue, and they're like, well, we'll give her some anti-inflammatories, and if that doesn't work, we I mean, they're like, we could do surgery, and I'm like, well, how much does that cost? And they told me, I was like, no, nah, yeah, she can die. Yeah, anyway. dogs lived a, a good long life. That's right. She's yeah. Sarah's six months old. Such a long life. <laughs> That's right. Such a long. Hasn't long. had to worry about her food, <laughs> or life. lodging. <laughs> she should be thanking me for letting her live this long. Anyway, <laughs> but but for for those that <laughs> aren't like us, <laughs> you know, you, you we've all experienced that, right? If, if something happens to our pets, like we 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 will for the most part you know, do whatever we can to make them feel good, right? We always want them to, to be happy and we'll take care of our animals um, really well or um, typically our children if you're, you know, a normal person. Um, That's a boat I can get on right there. Yeah, I mean... Um, I've never I've never put down any of my children. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've paid for all their medications. Yeah. Yes, I've done that. Yeah. Um, I feed them regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, but what what the principle he's getting at here is that the reason we don't take care of ourselves is because we know ourselves and and we know we know how bad of a person we are right we you know everybody else can treat us really nice but we know the things that we've done we know our sins we know our foibles our weaknesses our our areas and so because of that we we have you know kind of the self loathing this this idea that we don't deserve to be taken care of. And so we don't take care of ourselves because we know ourselves. And um, so what he's talking about here is that start to, to view yourself as, you know, and take care of yourself as you would somebody else, somebody that you cared about, right? Because you maybe don't know, you know, back to to our pets, right? We come home, our pets, uh, my dog, the thing that irritates me the most about my dog is that she wants to be pet all the time she just wants love and i'm just like <laughs> would you quit being so annoying <laughs> with your want to be if you know if your want for affection it's like that's all my dog wants she just wants to eat sleep and be pet and i'm just like go away you irritate me and um 
And so what we've got to do, and you know, and again, this is back to what we, we, we preach here is that we have to start viewing ourselves like God views us, right? God, God obviously cares enough about us to, to send his son to die on the cross for us. Um, he, he obviously values us enough um, to do something like that, to, to, you know, the whole, the whole history of time in, in mankind is, is, is us falling away from God and then God putting in place a, a, a a storyline in which we come back and we get reconciled to him. Right. And so, um, if, if that's how God views us, we, we should view ourselves that way in that, you know, we're worth taking care of. We're worth doing those things to help, you know, to, um, you know, regardless of what we may think about ourselves is that we're worth, um, taking, you know, doing, doing what's best for ourselves. Yeah. No, I uh, <laughs> sorry, I spaced down. I saw yeah. something flashing over there. <laughs> um, Aaron's five. Yeah, I mean he's just <laughs> I don't even I don't, I don't even know where we're at right now. Yeah. Now, um, you know, I know for me that was a that was a big thing. Um, you know, in societal view, you know, I was a um, I was a big sinner. You know, <laughs> lots of things that uh, society said was wrong and. Um, so we carry that in, and it, it's it's difficult to shift our worldview. Um, yeah, I had this conversation with somebody recently um, because of different things going on, and I said, you know, the hard truth is, um, you know, what you've done, society says it makes you a worse person than me. And, you know, and then we're both way worse than the people that grew up in church and, you know, tried to do all the things right. And, um, but... That's that's really not at all what God's word says. You know, God's you know word says we all fall short of God's glory standard. Um, and in God's view, it's you either made it or you didn't. <laughs> and unfortunately, we're all in the didn't category. <laughs> um, there's no there's no subcategories there. There's no different levels of different make it. It's you won or you didn't win, and we all failed. And that's kind of where we have to shift. And so then we all have this need. For Christ, we all have this need for redemption. We're all on the same exact level, um, same exact need for Jesus, same exact need for redemption. Um, but what we do is we allow a broken world to shift the the view of us. Like that's the lens. This jacked up, sinful world becomes the lens of which we measure ourselves as um, successful or, or valuable or any of these things. And and I love you know what he's saying here is I mean yeah you can't do that. Um, because again, by, by those standards, most of us, you know, not, aren't worth it. Uh, I mean, that's just the, the reality because we all mess up. You know, God's word's clear on that. Um, we all fall short in, and, and so we beat ourselves up, but God does say, Hey, you're, you're valuable. So valuable. In, in fact, that I, I presented my son as a sacrifice for you. I've, re, I've redeemed you. I've, I've picked you up, um, you know, and, and brought beauty from these ashes of, of life and, um, we do have to, to shift um, if we're going to start to um, a, address our, ourselves in a way that, that honors God. And, and that's one of the keys, too. It's, it's not just about you. Don't take care of you for you. Um, you take care of you because God said something about you, declared value on you, and it's, it's honoring God. The, the more that I and invest in the life that he's given me and, and seek to be better, whether it's mentally or physically or in pursuit of him uh, spiritually, uh, those are all God-honoring things that we can do. And so um, I, I love that, just uh, and shift and, and begin to, to view ourselves as God views us. Yep. That's good. So so take care of yourself like you would your pet, not 
if you were Aaron's pet, but like if you actually cared about your animal. Hey, um, I keep six kids alive. I don't have to keep a kitten alive. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, uh, make friends with people who want the best for you. Now, where have we heard that oh, before? <laughs> I told you, like, so we're going to go through this and be like, oh man, they talk about this a lot. So we're, we don't spend a lot of time on this, but um, as I've said a bajillion times on, on the, however long we've been doing this, like the number top two reasons you fall back into your addiction is, uh, romantic relationships and the people you hang around with. Yep. That's it. And, um, you know, if the people, if you're, your homies or ride and dies or whatever you call them, your best buds, uh, from high school that you've been hanging out with for 20 years, uh, if they don't want the best for you, stop hanging out with them. If they, if you try to better their, better your life in any sort of regard, financially, physically, spiritually, mentally, um, any of those, you know, uh, your health, you're, you know, trying to, trying to break away from addiction and they're like, and they're trying to discourage you from that. They're not your friends. I don't yeah. know what, I don't know why that's a thing. People still get, well, they really, they're my friend. What is a friend then? What, what's the definition of a friend? Like, is it somebody you get along with, right? <coughs> somebody, you know perceive cares about you like i don't know anybody that cares about you that would not want you to do better you know i mean that just that just doesn't make sense to me. i just <laughs> still don't, i just fail to understand well you say it's something we shouldn't spend a lot of time on but i mean it is the thing that i mean it's one of those walls i continuously see people yeah. like smash their head into and it's like yeah uh, but we've known each other forever you know we go way back i'm like yeah, but so you're just why don't you look at way back? Look yeah. at way back and how, look at the the trail of destruction, all the burned bridges and, and the debris that they've walked through you with. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, that, they're, they're good. Yeah, you're not making the case you think you're making when you try to say, well, we've been together for a long, you know, we're, we've go way back. It's like, yeah. oh, so, so you've been dumb this yeah. long. That's what you're telling me? Like, yeah. stop it. <laughs> like, no, they, they, they're telling you, we've been dumb together for 20 yeah. years. Yeah, that's right. That's Why would I stop being dumb together <laughs> yeah. now? Yeah. That, that's what we hear. That's what we hear. Yeah. So you're trying to make your case for your, your best bud. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, as, as we've talked about, I mean, we really are, um, the average of the people that are closest to us. It's, um, it's, it's just true. <laughs> it's proven um through studies it's it's proven through observations yeah um that you know find people who look like you want to look and i'm not talking about physical appearance but um attributes of of life um career marriage job family you know the kids all all of the things uh walk with jesus it should be top of the list you know it goes without saying um <laughs> find the people that resemble that and spend time with them uh, you know, as I made the shift from, you know, white trash, you know, drunk to white trash preacher, um, you know, I, <laughs> I you started out hanging with, out with Rick. Yeah, started so. hanging out with Pastor Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting there. You, you oh, cut my sorry. joke off. That's all right. It's, it still worked. Just <laughs> um, but I just wanted to make sure we ended there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's that's that's true, right? I mean, I. I put myself around people that that would raise me up into what God was calling me to, not um, what I wanted to do. But you know, when I recognize God's calling on my life, it's like, all right, these people are succeeding in in what God wants me to do. I'm gonna spend more time with them. Um, and you know, the hard part is you catch flack for that. People are like, "Well, you've changed." Yeah, yes, yeah, that's yes. that's a positive yes. attribute of life. You should change. <laughs> yeah, you the only should. constant is change, and you should change. I know yeah. I always love people who say that like it's an insult. Well, you've changed. 
good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as long as it's in the, in the, the you know positive yeah. direction. You know, like I've been working on that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for noticing. Yes. Um, but you yeah. know, I've had other people. You know, you just like oh, you just you know. I remember uh, it was early on. I don't run into it anymore because now everybody I interact with is around the church. <laughs> I mean, we're almost exclusively you know in in this type of circle, and we either go to church together or we're ministering to people together, and those are the other only avenues that people engage with me. Even if it's at Egbert's, I go to Egbert's. People know that even though I'm there to eat, that they're probably going to be asked how they're doing and might be prayed for, you know, or <laughs> things like that. Um, but uh, people early on would be like, "Well, you're just you're not really coming around anymore." Like, no, because you're freaking getting drunk. Why don't I want to hang out with you? Yeah. Um, you're you're an idiot. I'm done being an idiot. Yeah. And I'm done with this. I'm gonna go be stupid in a different way now. <laughs> in a much more sober way. Yeah, much more sober way. <laughs> Now you um, can't blame it on the alcohol. No, 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 no. It's just all me. <laughs> yep. um, but um, you know, make friends with people who want the best for you. Yeah. It's so obvious, yet seems to be so it difficult. Is. It is. You just can't you can't move past that for some reason. He has a quote in the book that's really good. It says, here's something to consider. If you have a friend whose friendship you wouldn't recommend to your sister or your father or your son, why would you have such a friend for yourself? Yes. <laughs> yes. If If... You wouldn't have somebody you care about hang around your friend. Why are you hanging around them? That goes back to uh, number two. Yeah. <laughs> Treat yourself like somebody that you care for. Yeah. Right? So, you know, I was uh, watching something the other day, and uh, oh, it was, uh, it was Dumb and Dumber Two, and uh, it was kind of funny. You know, Lloyd and uh, what's the other dude's name? I don't know. Yeah. So nonsense. Yeah, hey, my kids <laughs> had never seen it. Yeah, it turns don't out don't blame your kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've watched it before. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. so we were re-watching it because, mm. you know, the, the older kids hadn't seen it. But uh, um, there's a situation where they look at each other and, and one of them thinks that they have a child and the other friend is pursuing said child, who's an adult, mind you, you know. <laughs> um, but he's just like, you know, looks at him like, you're not good enough for him. And it kind of in my mind, that's what I went to is like, yeah, how many times did we do that? Like, we have somebody, it's like, we, we've deemed this person is not good enough for the people in our lives, yet, yeah, let's hang out and have yeah. some beers and, yeah. you know, go run around. You're not good enough to to be in relationship with the people I care about, but you're good enough for me. Yeah. You know, if we are the average of uh, the three to five people we hang around closest with, I, I am still accepting applications for three to five millionaires. Yeah. So if you know anybody... I need them to hang around <laughs> me. Anyway, um, number four, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. And that's a really good one. Um, that's nonsense. I know. That's crazy. Get on Instagram yeah. and <laughs> look through everything. And the highlight reels. Yes. That's uh, that's the standard you should be living up to. Yeah. That's Well, it's reality. <laughs> that's right. It's Those reality. pictures are unfiltered. Um, you know, it's uh, that's where I go to. Um, social media, um, you know, especially, you know, when it comes to dealing with my family and my kids and the life that we live, you know, I make sure and check out only people's vacation photos and yeah. the the glamour beach shots that they do. They're all smiling. And, and I look happy. at my kids. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you? You guys are freaking deadbeats. <laughs> yeah. And you never, you never walk around the house in white linen. <laughs> Look at them. Look at the Joneses. They all have matching white linen strolling on the beach. You guys never do that. Yeah. So. 
yeah so that's good number four <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know that's the thing we we do we get trapped in the comparison thing the, the comparison trap and and um you know uh nobody and this is i'm always tell like if i'm le- leading one of our individual study groups is like listen everybody is running your own race you're everybody's doing their own th- we all come from different backgrounds we have different experiences we have different stories different genetics the way, so the way we you know i mean which uh you know we never think about but that that even matters as far as like how we react to things and how we deal with things and and so um we're all running our own race and you can't ever put yourself in comparison to to somebody else you know um for somebody who's uh, as i talk about all the time involved in endurance sports and do triathlon and you know it's it's real easy to i'm always the slowest because i'm a big guy i'm not you don't look at me and think that guy's a triathlete um if you've ever seen you know the ones that are really successful they're much smaller than i am and um you know it, it, and sometimes it, i look at you and i'm reminded of the movie um harry and the hendersons no thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a closer approximation to what i you know yeah <laughs> except for the hair part yeah. um but uh but you know i you know that's the thing i have to show up and when i ra- when i race i have to think you know i'm running my race i'm doing what i'm you know whatever i'm prepared to do today on race day this is what i'm doing and and you know whatever my best is is the best i can do today it's not what somebody else is i'm racing against is and um you know and that's just the way it is and and uh, there's nothing i can change about that and and so you know the goal of all my training and stuff is not to 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 beat I mean, I am competitive, so I do want to, you know, beat as many people as I can. But yeah. you know, at the end of the day, my my efforts and my training and all that stuff is going to be what the best I can do, and that's that's all that you know. At the end of the day, like I said, that's all that matters is what 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 can I do? Can I get better today? If I train today, is that going to make me better, um, a little bit better than I was yesterday? And that's all we can do in in life is is look at, um, you know, am I, am I a little better today than I was yesterday? You know, and, and not not look at maybe uh, you're you're trying to improve whatever it is you're addicted to. You know, like uh, you know, cigarette smoking is the easy one to kind of compare yourself to. Is okay today. I'm gonna you know instead of smoking a whole pack, I'm gonna smoke. I'm gonna leave one in the pack. You know, and and then you finish and you're like, well, I, you know, I'm still smoking this many a day. Well, but you're you're doing you did better today than you did yesterday, and that that's a win. You know, and, and you need to stop worrying about everybody else that's doing better, what you think is better than you. Because even if they're doing better than you in one area, they're probably doing worse than you in another area. So, you know, who cares, right? So we all can, um, you know, we're all running our own race. We're all coming from own different places, and we need to be able to just, you know, move the needle a little bit each day. And that's where that's where real change comes from, is just the small incremental changes and improving ourselves each day. Yeah. Well, I know it's um, <clears throat> going along the lines of the, the fitness. Um, you know, I've got um, three teenagers. They do they do track, so they run. And then as I've kind of gotten into um, trying to, to do the try stuff and things like that, doing some of the runs. Um, like Andrew, for instance, I think he's close to, he's getting close to a sub 20 minute, so below 20 minute uh, 5K. Um, I, I'm struggling to be sub 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and he's he's a 16 year old, so he likes to rub it in my face that, you know, and, you know, the reality is uh, I'm not 16. Um, no. I haven't 
there's just there's no way there's no way right now um maybe one day through a miracle of god laying hands on me <laughs> i can get anywhere close to what he's running but the reality is um even as much as i train and run and i do a decent amount i just don't know if that's ever in the yeah. the cards for me ever again um if i wanted to do that i should have done that when i was 16 i didn't <laughs> so that ship's kind of sailed um because that's just you know your body ages things change and um a kid's booking it <laughs> and um so you know we do have to be realistic and um especially when it comes to comparison and evaluation you know ministry is another one um this is one i i struggle in realistically um and i'll, I'll compare myself to other people um doing uh kingdom work church work right running ministries at the <clears throat> um their success or you know they might get invited to do things um stuff like that and i have to go back to the fact that well one i've i'm barely been a christian <laughs> you know these are guys that man were making investments when they were eight years old uh memorizing bible verses you know when i was breaking into houses so um you know they've kind of laid a better foundation than me <laughs> their their entire life and you know then the reality is you know i i'm I'm underdeveloped in a lot of ways and and so I can I can look at people who you know do these really huge things and it's it's great and um You're talking about Joel Osteen. Yeah. Um <laughs> or you know I can look at oh, you know what? Um 7 8 years ago, you know, I was, you know, still getting annihilated drunk and doing stupid stuff and you know, so and then you know, last year I was in this type of struggle mentally and, you know, or even yesterday, you know, it's like maybe I would have said this and done that and today I won't. You know, that that's what really the measure that I've had to come to realize that this is what I'm shooting for. I'm, I'm in a race with myself here. Um, this I, I'm trying to be better, just a better me, um, not a better version of anyone out there. And it's so easy for us to fall into those um, pitfalls and try to be better versions of people who are more successful than us. Yep. Yep. Well, that's good. So, you know, so think about that. What is, what's, you know, what's one or two things you can do today that, you know, change yourself for the better? And <clears throat> so tomorrow, when you wake up, you can go, you know, or at the end of the day tomorrow, you can go, um, you know, am I better than I was yesterday? Yeah. Um, you know, that's always something I always tell people who are trying to, because I, I, you know, because I'm, that's all I talk about is endurance sports. That's always a joke. You know, if you're in a room with 100 people, how can you tell which one's a triathlete? So don't worry, they'll tell you. Um, <laughs> um, I, I'm but, just but, waiting to run that race so I can at least yeah, have that you, moniker, you'll, honestly. You'll get there. Yeah. And, and that's, <clears> but I, I get a lot of people into endurance sports because it's just, it's, become such a part of what I do and and you know anytime I have that conversation with people they're like well I don't I don't you know I couldn't you know I, you know this idea of like running a 5k like oh that's great I couldn't you know I couldn't run at all okay well I'll tell you what though but if you if you show up and walk that whole stupid thing that's better than the version of you that's going to sit on the couch on that Saturday and not do anything yeah. or the one who's going to not you know do any sort of training whatsoever um you, quit comparing yourself to everybody else so compare yourself to what you know what you could have been if you didn't make this decision you know and that's what that's what matters i mean it, like i said run your own race um, yeah. so and you'll be surprised um you know at how far you go in in whatever you're pursuing as long as you stop that comparison and just start trying to work on you yeah so. yeah 
And it, and like I said, it's just small incremental incremental changes. When I got started doing this stuff, uh, my first my first quote unquote run workout was walking for twenty minutes. Yeah. That was it. That's how I started. You know, and now I've done an Ironman, 30-some-odd triathlons, and so on and so <laughs> forth. So, I mean, it just starts with it's simple incremental change. But I'm yeah. going to I'm gonna vote for a three-part episode. I'm looking at these next two topics. Uh, I was going to go through this one pretty fast, number five. Number, how can you uh, how can you go on that <laughs> one fast? Uh, we'll see what happens. All right. We could go through. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right, number five. Because we still got time. Number five, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. I just like that. I just think it's funny out that not out that. But um, so what he's talking about here is um, quit being your kid's friend. All right, be a parent, and um, not allowing your kids to um, just be holy terrors. And and so what happens? And what he what he what he's talking about is that, y- y- and we see it so much today is that parents that um, you allow your kids to do just whatever. Right, they throw fits, they demand things, and you and you give in to them, and, and all this stuff, and and you may think that you, you're you're being good to your because you know, well, I don't want my you know little Johnny to be told no or to experience anything bad, and um, you know, and you're just you know catering to whatever whim they have. Well, what happens then is that we secretly start to resent our children because you know you. Because they're terrors, yeah. and, and you've made them that way, and they become the more and the longer you do that, the more unbearable they become. And and while you love them and want the best for them, you're going to begin to resent them, just like you would a spouse, you know, who is doing the same thing. Oh yeah, and um, and <clears throat> what's happening too, and he talks about this in, in this part of the book, is that you're you're also setting them up for failure because when they go out to society, uh, society's not going to do that. I mean, well. We're, we're, we're experiencing a, a whole generation of people who, who are expecting society to cater to every yeah. whim and desire. I'm a boy today. I'm a girl today. Yeah. You should call me as such. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, you should pay me. I don't want to show up to work. <laughs> you know, I don't want to work. Like going back to Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> it's like there's a scene in there and uh, he's like, man, I can't believe there's no jobs in this town. He's like, yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, you know, but yeah, you know, I don't, you, you expect me to show up on time? Yes. No. Well, that's not fair. No, it's, it's actually very fair. That's what this job is, is I'm paying you for exchange of time. And yeah. Expertise. And, uh, and, um, so, so yeah, so society is, you know, like I said, it used to not be as forgiving. I mean, it, it, or, um, yeah, it used to be not as forgiving, but it, it it's becoming more so, but still, culture and society isn't going to to just bend over backwards for for what your child you know for for anything and everything your child wants and so by not um putting in rules and enforcing them and being a parent not a friend you're you're not setting your child up for success yeah no and you know we see this with uh with parents um i'll be honest i hate the uh term uh they're my mini me um it's it's very toxic in my opinion because you you've just labeled them as your buddy like your yeah. bestie um and people will uh they'll say that with me communicate that um with uh, my son andrew and it's fine i know he looks like me and, and we have some similarities and everything but um he's not my mini me he's my son and uh i'm really 
trying not to raise me. Uh, <laughs> that's that's not my goal here, right? I don't want a mini me. I'm trying to raise something better than me, um, a kid that's more successful and smarter and, and makes better decisions um, throughout his life than me. And you know, so we have to. We can't be our child's friend. He's he's not my friend. Uh, I, I love him. I hope that one day we get to have some type of friendship. Um, it's not right now though. Um, yeah. It's right now. I'm parent and he's child, and uh, we. We, we jumped the gun. I mean, it, it really, I don't know if it plays into just that kind of like, um, I want everything now type of worldview where, you know, and our generation, I mean, even coming up was very expectant. You know, we, we drove the debt ceiling up because we wanted to buy houses before uh, we should buy homes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and have things that our parents worked and our grandparents worked their whole lives to get. And, you know, so then we had this, you know, influx of, of credit card debt and everything that, um, man, was so detrimental. And so I kind of, you kind of see with parenting too, it's like there, there's going to be a really valuable relationship that takes place down the road as long as you don't screw it up now and trying to have your cake now with your child that you're supposed to be parenting pretty much guarantees that in that season of life that should be different. It's not different because then you're raising their children um, because you screwed up so royally yeah. on your child um, because um, <laughs> you, you did. You raised a, a terror uh, because they were your mini-me. They were your buddy. Uh, they were your friend. And look look what that gets you. It's it's ridiculous. Um, and it's, it's, it's honestly one of the things, as you can see, it, it angers me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, especially I worked in children's ministry so long, and I see parents do this time and time again. Well, little Susan doesn't want to do this, you know. And it's like, who who the heck is Susan? I, mean, I thought she was the kid. She's right. eight. Yeah. Why, why is she making a decision oh, right now? You just triggered me. So I tried just, to warn you we should have made this. We can make this. And we could be one. four, four and four, but you wanted to ruin life. So <laughs> I, I tried to say, I'm not letting this one die easy. All right. But we can make this a whole episode. But uh, – uh, parenting have we done that as no. an episode okay well we'll follow that away for but um this just totally reminds me so school just started and on um our community page one of the community pages of facebook they apparently the school we go to they uh have some sort of we, we got a new principal and she's going to enforce the dress code for these little girls and i had these moms getting well you know, I can't believe they're starting to enforce this dress code and these shorts. You know, I can't find shorts that are long enough. Is the and so people were throwing out different ones ideas, and um, they were going. You know, these moms were like, "Well, she's not going to ever wear that because she's a you know she's very picky about what she wears." Or all this, and I, the number of mom and then all these moms were chiming in. Yes, I know, I I can't get her to wear this or that, and I'm like, "What? Yeah. What do you mean you can't?" Like, you know what? My daughter comes down and says, I want to wear this. You know, she'll want to wear like she my daughter is she is very uh, tomboyish and athletic, but she is also very girly. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing. Um, And so she loves, quote unquote, cute clothes and midriff. And and I'm like, "Uh, no. Yeah. Why not? Because I said no. That's why it's real simple. People just said no. And then when she you know, you know what she does? She cries. And you know what I do? I said, tough. <laughs> and I say, no. And and she gets upset. And I'm just like, no. And I just, it doesn't matter. And I, then, then, then I get angry 
when she won't stop crying, you know, <laughs> and then I'll tell her, stop it. This is not something we're going to yeah. cry about. And, you know, it, it eventually she stops crying. You know what? I have, she has yet to die from being told no, yeah. from, from wearing stuff that I, you know, her mom and I decide that, no, this is not something we want you to wear. I know it's crazy. It's just, I know that's borderline child abuse to tell them no. But well, I couldn't believe these mothers. Live, I would be shit. looking at my daughter and be like, hey, it looks like you're wearing dicky board shorts to school <laughs> this year. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> here is some Nike gym shorts. Go put them on. I don't want to wear them. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. It's pretty simple. Uh, you know, we've had those simple. conversations, you know, actually with my older daughter. Um, you know, one, I, I don't know, you know, she and she's in high school and they're, was it last year, year before? They allow the, the young girls to run around here in sports bras. Oh, yeah. And so she thought that, you know, and without thinking it through. And so we had to have a conversation. Uh, no, you'll have you'll have a top on, like, yes. the, the full thing. <laughs> it's no different than a bikini. Well, you don't get to wear a bikini. Like, yeah, know, what right. kind of argument is that? <laughs> yeah, it's the same. I don't, I don't really care. Yeah. I don't really care. Like, you'll... I don't care if you have a heat stroke. Go have a heat stroke. You'll be fully yeah. clothed in your heat stroke. Yeah. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't give a crap what other people yep. get to do. And if I catch you, I'll, I'll drive around the dang school trying to find you, <laughs> violating what I've said. <laughs> yeah, but you know that is a, again. It's it's just it's amazing. I mean, parents. Yeah. Like I said, we we need to do a whole episode on this. I'm sure that'll really anger a lot of people. Well, I'm there's sure, the but. the phone thing here at oh, Claremore. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Of the middle school. Oh, the middle schoolers need to put their phones away. Good, you know? Like, this, yes. this is a good thing. Um, they What do they need their phone out in class for? I can think of no reason whatsoever um, that a yeah. child needs their phone out in class. So, um, or at any point, let's take all the disruptions out of the equation. There's no there's no reason for it. And there's parents posting, well, they're, they're not going to like that. Like, again, who gives a crap? Who cares? And yeah. part of the problem is the parents, too. It's like, well, what if I need to get a hold of them? You don't. Go call the office. Yeah. If it's so call important, you need to get a hold of little Susan <laughs> or little Johnny, call the call the office. And you have a whole generation of parents who, who grew up in a school without cell phones bemoaning the fact that their kids can't survive school yeah. without cell phones. Here's the thing. <laughs> I don't want my kid harassing me all day. I don't know what's wrong with you people anyways. Yeah. I love my children immensely. I love the fact they're in school, and I don't have to talk to them all day long. <laughs> It's yeah. beautiful. Why yeah. would I give them a That's cell phone right. where they can text me? Pay tax money for somebody else to take care of my children. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that's what we were doing here. Like, when did we yeah. get off base with, you know, part of the beauties of the education system yeah. is when they go away for a part of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, all that to say, don't be your kid's friend. And he, he says this great in the book and this under this principle. He says, uh, Parents have a duty to act as proxies for the real world. Merciful proxies, caring proxies, but proxies nonetheless. The obligation supersedes any responsibility to ensure happiness, foster creativity, or boost self-esteem. It is the primary duty of parents to make the children socially desirable. And that is what I always, you know, I try to I tell my, my boys. We, we, you know, when, um, like I said, they're 15 and they're, when we're having them, you know, do chores at, around the house, and we're like, "Listen, this is not because we want to get out of work, which it is partly, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we tell them it's like, listen, you're 15, you're moving out soon, sooner yeah. than I mean, I don't know what kind of timeline you have in your mind, but mine's pretty short. Yeah, and when you it's move not out, 28. Yeah, <laughs> when you move out, you you need to be able to take care of yourself, and and that means taking care of your home. I don't care if you're living by yourself. You're not gonna, yeah. you know. I I hope to. And this goes back to the first thing. 
um, you know, having good posture, presenting yourself well, um, if you, you know, not living in a pigsty, you know, uh, when we come over to wherever it is you're living, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to look like I've walked into a drug house. I want to look yeah. like, you know, this is a, somebody who has their life put together. And so, you know, learning that to, you know, doing these things, even though you don't want to do them is part of living a socially desirable life, like in, in, in having success in, in doing the hard thing. That's, that's what we're teaching you. I don't care if it makes you unhappy. I don't because ultimately my goal other than, you know, is for you to survive and live is to go out like Aaron was saying and, and live a life that's better than what I've lived. I want you to, you know, we should all want our kids to do better than us. And that's what I want for them to do. I want them to, to, you know, springboard out from our home and, and be able to just take it and go and, and be prepared for what life, you know, life's going to hit you in the face and it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows and you need to be ready to, to do the hard thing. And that's what we try to raise our kids to do. So, but yeah, maybe we'll do a, a whole episode <laughs> on that because we could talk about it. And this last one, I know because I've ruined it for you here, but um, <laughs> number six, but we don't need to talk about this one as much because we've talked about this a lot. Set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. And so what he's talking about here is the R word, take responsibility, responsibility for your own life and actions before condemning the world. Right. And so um, this, this is actually what <clears throat> you see in the Bible of take the log out of your own eye. Yes. Uh, before you address the speck in somebody else's. Yeah. It's not actually, you know, command not to to judge or, or look at somebody and tell them you're failing. It's this right here. Address your life in that area and then right. you actually kind of have permission <laughs> to, to go for A lot of this is, you know, <laughs> a lot of almost biblical principles. Go yeah. figure, right? Um, he says here in the book, he says, have you cleaned up your life? If the answer is no, here's something to try. Start to stop doing what you know to be wrong. Start stopping today. Don't waste time questioning how you know that what you're doing is wrong if you are certain that it is. So I like that. Start stopping. Start start stopping the bad stuff. St stop doing the things that, you know, hanging out with a bunch of, you know, idiots. Stop doing that. Stop, you know, s pick up. Pick up around your house. Pick up around wherever your whatever your living area is. You know, like start taking care of yourself. Stand up straight. You know, do those things. Stop. Um, I don't know. Stop complaining about your life on Facebook and actually go do something different. I know that's crazy. Yeah. I know that's just totally unreasonable. Uh, well, <clears throat> how are people going to feel sorry for me? I know. I, I don't. <laughs> Bemoan my my circumstances. Well, that's another thing. Stop making people feeling sorry for you like the top priority of life. I hate when people <laughs> feel sorry for me. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why people don't feel sorry for me. Maybe it's because I'm a jerk. <laughs> but I think it's because I don't ever, you know, like I don't want people to feel sorry for me. So I don't ever try to put myself in a position to feel yeah. sorry for me. Even when I'm in a position, when people are like, "Man, I'm," you know, "Hey, I'm sorry this happened to you," or I'm like, "I'm just like, yeah, it's fine," you know, because yeah. I just. Well, you'd think some of these people are getting paid for it, like as oh, much man. as they do it. It's no like, kidding. are you like somebody throwing you a few shackles to <laughs> go, <laughs> it's know, a, go it's around and <laughs> instead of like a fashion influencer, it's a pity influencer. <laughs> I'm just trying to get pity. Yeah, um, I got my following. My following of people who who like all my depressing comments that yeah. I make. That I'm not actually going to do any work to change my life or my circumstances. I just want you to know how bad they are. Yeah. 
You know, and if you're online too, I'm, I'm stop enabling those people. Like, it's one thing if somebody posts about, you know, like a family member passing away or whatever. I get yeah. those. That makes sense. Or a sudden loss of a job or something. But if this is the fifth one this week, stop liking those. Stop saying it's okay. Stop doing it because they're... They, oh, you poor thing. Yeah. You're, you're enabling. Just stay strong. The, Social media has been shown to have the same effects, same addictive properties as it's like a drug addiction and, and getting likes and, and the, the thumbs up and all the, the, the comments and whatever, it, it triggers dopamine release the same way as, as drugs do and food and all that stuff. And so you're an enabler. Stop it by, by hitting like on that, you know, or the little huggy yeah. uh, <laughs> heart thingy. The huggy heart. Um, you're, you're doing the same thing. You're helping uh, enable that that addiction so stop it so again like i said i'm not talking about the one-off hey my my grandmother died or whatever but like again if it's the fifth one this week about how you know all the world's against them but i'm gonna persevere even though they have done nothing to persevere or to change their circumstances stop liking those posts so maybe they will stop posting those and then they will go out and actually do something to make their life better yeah maybe maybe i know i know it's a big ask but ask i said um, he says this too. Put the things you control in order. Put the things you can control in order. Repair what is in disorder and make what is already good better. Um, which is pretty solid advice, I think. Yeah. So. I think it is too. I love that. Um, put the things that you can control in order. Um, you know, I see a lot of people go around so focused again on other people, on what's going on in, in their lives, trying to stick their nose and their business and their situation um and just focus on you <laughs> yeah 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 take responsibility for what you can control responsibility i know personal responsibility that's a bad word but um, dirty word i know like i said we're gonna do that episode two like yeah. the top 10 words you can't say or something like that <laughs> that'd be awesome but anyway so there see we got through six now we yeah. went a little longer but that's all right this is good stuff <laughs> well we are uh we're appreciative of you guys. Thanks for for joining us, uh, listening to us rail, um, and uh, <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed That's today's. Really, what this is? We're yeah. we're slowly becoming yeah. those two old guys, the Muppets, uh, Walter, not Walter. You know what I'm talking about? The yeah, Muppets. The I know. Guys, I don't know the, their names. The hecklers. Yeah, that's what we're turning into. Yeah, I stopped uh, <laughs> watching Sesame Street uh, when it hey, went. Sesame Street and the Muppets are separate. Oh, that's right. It is separate, yes. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. You can make a case for the Muppets. That's okay. All right. Sesame I agree with you on Sesame yeah. Street, but the Muppets yeah. don't be talking bad about the Muppets. <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, you know, it, it, it started to remind me. Uh, I know you don't watch the Family Guy, and you never have, you know, because we're good Christian people. But when uh, Peter had the episode about what what really grinds my gears, uh, I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that? No. Yeah, he just because uh, I don't watch the Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he got some like talk show or something. I can't remember. It's been so. It's an older one. Yeah. I honestly don't watch it now, and it's more of just a time thing than hopefully anything. But you could have taken the high road there, and you didn't. That's yeah, good. I didn't. I'm, just, well, yeah. I'm honest. I'm an yeah. honest person. Um, but yeah, so that's what he did. It, the show was like what grinds my gears, and so all he did was get on there and just rail against stuff that was ticking him off that day, and people <laughs> were raving about it. Yeah. It's awesome, and uh, so it was great. But uh, <laughs> anyways, we, we would do well with that. Yeah. 
Uh, we, uh, we're grateful for you guys. Uh, be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you scroll. Um, if you've got any questions, concerns, comments, keep it to yourself. Um, <laughs> <That's> or <right. laughs> reach out to the church office at info at cedarpoint.church, or you can uh, call us 918-283-2221. But we love you guys. We will pick up this episode next week, so we'll see you there.